So I'll say this. The president has been very clear, you know, as you know, the president has been very clear, very clear, very, very clear. We need more money to plan for the second pandemic. He's been very clear. There's going to be another pandemic. The president is doing what the president is. Your, the president is. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. These are items that the president has been very clear on. End of quote. Repeat the line. And so the president has been very clear. The president has been very clear. I was going to foot him. Uh, foot, foot, excuse me. The president has been very clear. Like a billion, two hundred million. Seven hundred seven 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 thirty seven thousand seven seven thirty seven hundred thirty. Very very clear. All you got to do is look what is being played on played the, 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 this morning. Look, the president has been very clear. But is he going to specify exactly? No, but he has. The best way to get something done. If you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to, anyway. The USA is in a crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people try to cross the border. And politicians build a new world order. Too many minds are convinced they should be led. I've got to be free. Today's broadcast of Tap into the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you from historic Roan County, Tennessee, and so very glad to have you along for the ride. And what a ride it is! I tell you what, it is 
hard to imagine uh, just everything that's going on. Uh, been a little better than a week since I've been with you uh, uh, bringing live broadcast. Uh, unfortunately, I uh, had uh, some different family issues pop up and uh, just been kind of crazy. Uh, at some point, I guess I'm just going to have to uh, get enough support from you fine folks to uh, hire a producer and uh, get some folks to uh, fill in so we can continue doing uh, new stuff but in the meanwhile i am back and we've got a lot of ground to cover of course it's just it's gonna be too difficult to go back and cover everything but there's some important stuff that i want to touch on before we pick up where we're at now uh however uh just to kind of touch on some of the big things obviously uh lots of thoughts and prayers are going to be uh uh, going up, uh, all of our friends and neighbors uh, down in Florida, as uh, they will be facing off with what is at the most recent time has been upgraded to a Category 3 hurricane as it's heading that way. I uh, hope those of you in the path have gotten out of the way who can. And uh, for those of you who cannot, I hope you are adequately battened down because, uh, as you well know, uh, for the fine folks of Florida, uh, Category 1 and a Category 2 is a reason to have a party. Right about Category 3 is where you start going, hmm, nah, now maybe we're getting into the this-could-be-a-problem range. And anything higher than that is uh, time to uh, get up out of the way and uh, hope that there's something left to come back to. Uh, right now at a Cat 3, and time of the live broadcast, of course, uh, well, the date being the 27th of September. Uh, so there is still time for this hurricane to uh, continue to strengthen and get even stronger. So, again, we'll be uh, keeping an eye out for our friends and neighbors from Florida. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things, guys. Just uh, be careful, be smart, uh, stay out of harm's way if at all possible. And, and know that uh, our your friends a little further north in Georgia and Tennessee, uh, we've got your back. Just be ready for it. All right, uh, let's let's jump into things too. I mean, uh, on the international stage, evidently uh, Mussolini has been resurrected and is now a woman and uh, is bringing fascism back to Italy. At least. That's what you would believe if you were listening to the mainstream legacy media here in the United States. And I would imagine, uh, haven't uh, haven't spent a lot of time trying to drag out international coverage, but I would imagine a lot of the leftist coverage and news media around the world is probably saying the same thing. But it is absolutely nuts. The talking point that has managed to make its way to every single major media outlet here in the United States. Ooh, uh, the most extreme right uh, uh, since Mussolini, since Mussolini, since World War II, which, of course, was Mussolini. <laughs> Just come on, guys. Uh, this lady is being called Mussolini because she stands up for traditional family? Uh, now, I understand when she was young, a teenager, in fact, she's a bit more rebellious and was a Involved with some uh, probably somewhat fashionistic uh, political activists then. 
but considering the fact that we have an entire group in this country called Antifa, who thinks they're fighting fascism by being fascist, I think we should forgive the uh, the youthful exuberance of someone who has uh, not experienced uh, a great deal of life uh, experience just yet. Anyway, uh, there's been more going on, and uh, one of the bigger stories in the last few days that's really gotten my ire up has been the continued weaponization of the Department of Justice. Uh, we have this uh, pro-life activist who has been absolutely uh, terrorized, I think is a legitimate word here, by our Justice Department for the terrible, horrible, no good, horrific sin of standing up to Planned Parenthood. Well, here's, here's where my problem comes in with this story. It, it should be pretty obvious at this point that the FBI and the Department of Justice, they don't give a rat's backside about the accusations, we'll call them, that the Bureau has become politicized. Otherwise, it would never have treated this Mark Hook, or Hoke, I'm still not 100% on the pronunciation, so forgive me, uh, but they would not have treated this guy the way they did this past Friday. You see, dedicated public servants, people who work at the highest levels of our institutions, who legitimately care about the reputation of the FBI, that legitimately care about the institutional trust that we would have to have in the Department of Justice and in the FBI specifically if we expected them to continue to be a legitimate law enforcement agency. People that worked for them who were concerned about it, they would actually be trying to work to alleviate concerns about law enforcement corruption. They would be legitimately working to try and put our minds at ease as American citizens that we do not have to be overly concerned about corruption. That maybe there was some politicization, but they're working to improve it. Maybe they had slipped away into this place where they had allowed swampy behavior to, to permeate decisions. Now, we know all of this has actually been the case. We know from the Russian hoax story, the excuses, the lies to FISA courts in order to get search warrants to spy on the Trump campaign when they were still just a campaign to become president, and then the continuation of that spy. We know that there has been a major effort, thanks to whistleblowers who have been coming forward by the higher-ups at the FBI, to create domestic terrorism and white supremacy connections where there are none, where these investigations not only have been forced to create angles to it, but that people have been pulled away from 
legitimate law enforcement investigations, human trafficking, kidnapping, child abuse uh, from the freaking internet issues that the FBI are supposed to be working to protect minor children. They've been pulled away from these types of cases in order to continue to grind the political acts against all people that happen to be conservative. This has been ongoing. So even if you're not willing to acknowledge these simple facts, the fact that some people believe it to be true, you know, this idea, this concept of the appearance of impropriety that used to be so very important in American politics, the fact that that even exists at all should be enough that for these dedicated public servants who care about the reputation, they should be working to put our minds at ease. They should be working hard to make us believe that they're legitimately trying to fix where they slipped off the straight and narrow just a little bit. But instead, what we have is the Biden administration actually ramping up that's right, elevating their efforts to go after right-leaning activists that they deem to be threats, you know, regardless of existing precedent, regardless of facts on the ground. None of that matters if they deem you to be dangerous of the terrible, terrible sin, uh, but being dangerous by virtue of committing the terrible, terrible sin of wrong think, then they're coming after you. There's no doubt about that now. There's no question. They're not just weaponized. They are legitimately coming after people. And trust me, boys and girls, people like you and me, we're already on multiple lists. Oh, well, you're, you're a Christian conservative in America, and you happen to be white. Well, you're on about four lists just for those things alone. But you are a Trump supporter? Oh, well, you got a special list because you're an insurrectionist. Oh, you're just conservative whether you were a Trump supporter or not? Well, you're still part of that Trumpian, Trumpy Trumper group, so you're at the very least a deplorable Although now Hillary Clinton is taken to calling uh, the deplorables Nazis now. This ridiculous effort, as more facts and more information on the case about this activist come forward, there is less and less doubt about the intention here. This is designed to shut people like you and me up, guys. This is designed to target Anybody who's willing to disagree with this banana republic administration that we currently have and say, oh, you, you don't go along with what we say? Well, then you're an enemy of the state. Because I have a different opinion? All right, fine. So be it. Call me what you want. But as long as the United States is still at least giving the appearance of functioning under the Constitution that we have, I'm going to exercise my right, my God-given right to freedom of speech, God-given, constitutionally protected, enumerated right to free speech. And I'm going to call you out because not only do I have the righteous indignation of a constitutionalist 
The righteous indignation is a, an American Christian who knows the difference between right and wrong and who's willing to stand up and let you have your say. But I also have the righteous indignation of somebody who realizes, who knows it's every fiber of my being that facts are on my side. This idea, this notion that somehow continued government spending and just printing, printing, printing of more money until you eventually make it all digital and programmable at that too, uh, that that's going to lead us to unprecedented levels of prosperity. It's been proven a falsehood. Inflation continues to go up. Biden's going around trying to say that there's a lots of places around the country now where gas prices have dipped below $3 a gallon. Don't know if you noticed this, guys, but first and foremost, would love to find a place. Now, in parts of Tennessee, we're getting right about $3 a gallon. I've yet to come across any place that's below it yet. But in case you missed the big headline, just a couple of days ago, prices in California have started going back up. And guess what that means, boys and girls? Expect everything else to be going back up, too. I was on social media earlier today talking about Biden's claims about inflation. We were talking about food inflation because Biden has a new plan to, to stop people from being hungry. And we're going to talk about that story a little later in today's broadcast. But the numbers, the inflation numbers, and the food inflation numbers are out for August year over year, and they tell a very, very no good bad story when it comes to the idea that yet more government spending is somehow the solution. Anyway, the real question at this point, when it comes to the treatment of conservative activists who have been even moderately successful at pushing back against the goals and agendas of this administration, the real question is, what's the Republican Party going to do about it? Now, according to several GOP senators, uh, there are more than 20 whistleblowers that have come forward in the last few weeks alleging varying degrees of political bias that the FBI uh, has been moving against conservatives. Well, no duh, guys. How is it that you're the last people to this party? What happened to the oversight that's supposed to be transparent? I know you're not the party in power at the moment, but for crying out loud, there's no way this is brand new, breaking news to you. At the same time that this anti-conservative bias going on at the Justice Department and going on at the FBI, same time Biden and his team have been warning about Republican extremists and saying that pro-life Americans threaten democracy. They're talking, when they say extremists, they're talking about me and you. They're talking about the average person that just listens to talk radio. They're talking about somebody that might occasionally go to church on Sundays and decide to, to pray over someone who's considering the murder of a preborn baby human because they feel like they have no options. If you have one conservative thought running around anywhere inside your head, 
You are the enemy. You are an extremist. If you believe in the United States Constitution, you're an extremist. If you actually believe in the rule of law, you're an extremist. If you believe that we should have control of our borders and a pretty good idea of who's coming across them, you're the extremist. Once upon a time, this was considered the mandatory thought process in order to be an American. But forget about just being an American. You're hard-pressed to find another country in the world, anywhere in the world, where they don't want to have control of their borders. You're hard-pressed to find any other country around the world that doesn't believe they should put themselves first. Of course, that's the type of right-wing extremism that's bringing fascism back to Italy. Because, oh, you know what? Maybe it's a good idea for Italy to be Italy first and not EU first. Terrible thoughts. Uh, the idea, the idea that the traditional family has value in merit. The idea that traditional marriage has value to civilization. The idea that you can't just suddenly decide that you are not what your chromosomes, your biology, your biological makeup, your actual unadulterated reality says you are. It's like, oh, well, you know, I know Dick, if I look at the plumbing, I'm a man, but I, I want to win in, in swimming competitions, so I'm a girl now. Well, congratulations. You're. <laughs> anyway, if you believe, like I do, that a man should not be competing athletically against women when it comes to things like scholarship opportunities, when it comes to things like any type of advancement that might come from it or just flat-out competition, unless it's a friendly competition where the men and the women know that they're going up against men and women, well, that's different. If you just believe that, you're an extremist. You are the extremist. If you believe that Vanderbilt University's hospitals should not be running a gender clinic that is performing freaking mutilations of minors' bodies, of children's bodies, then you're the extremist. They're not extreme. Completely thrown out the Hippocratic Oath. Completely thrown out the idea of do no harm. Uh, just replace that with, here's a chance to make big bucks. They're not the extremist. We are. We're the extremists for noticing that they're doing it, because that's enough to get their ire. Well, how dare you notice what we're doing? You're just trying to pounce on it. No. So what is the GOP going to do about this? What is the GOP going to do with it? <clears throat> Excuse me. I mean, I'm still trying to figure out how it is that I'm a threat to America when I want to restore America's government to the constitutional limitations it's supposed to have. That gives all of us maximum amount of liberty. Yes, liberty. Defined as being 
freedom with responsibility. That's the part most people don't want to deal with. That's why the left is so successful at brainwashing young folks that do not want to have to take responsibility because that means they actually have to do some stuff on their own. So much easier to convince them that, well, we just owe you, so let us just give you things and it'll be okay. Crushing your human spirit in the process, I might add. I mean, when when you take into consideration the FBI's raid on Donald Trump, a lot of Americans have been fearful that Biden and his little cronies at the DOJ are targeting right-leaning Americans to make an example out of them. And rightfully so. We, we've got evidence now. There's no question here. Anybody that argues to the contrary is either a blissfully unaware of all of the facts of the case, or they're helping to push the agenda. I suppose there's a third option. They may just be stupid. When we talk about this case with the activists, the pro-life activists, a Catholic father of seven who's worked on behalf of unborn baby humans and helpless mothers for the past 20 years, this past Friday, he was greeted by his government with more than 20 armed agents barging into his house as his children watched in terror. Guns drawn. Hope's wife thought they were SWAT. They were dressed like SWAT. They had their weapons available. Now the FBI has come back and made multiple clarifying statements, uh, most of which was, there was not more than 25 agents. There was between 15 and 20. I'm sorry, I'm for the average layperson who's on the receiving end of being bum-rushed by the FBI, you're going to be overwhelmed. It's called shock and awe. We couldn't seem to do that in Iraq, but uh, evidently the current administration can do that with the FBI showing up at, you know, a peaceful individual's house. Children there, guns drawn, just busting in, scaring the bejesus out of this family. Supposedly, he was being arrested and facing charges of violating what's called the FACE Act, the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances. Supposedly, in an incident that occurred in October of last year outside of a Philadelphia abortion clinic. So the real question is, what's the specifics of the crime? Because it matters. When you hear that there was an incident that involved an assault of an older gentleman, you start thinking, well, Okay, well, maybe there's some reason to take him into custody, but still questionable about what is undeniably excessive force. Turns out, Hulk is the founder of a group called the Kingsmen, a group working towards ending pornography and abortion. Evidently, he shoved a 72-year-old guy, well beyond the entrance of the clinic in question, a Planned Parenthood clinic, 
who happened to be making vulgar statements at Hulk's pre-teen at the time son. This 72-year-old guy, he has a reputation for being vulgar, and he was working as a volunteer to be what they call an escort, somebody that's there to try to help the people that are showing up at the Planned Parenthood Clinic to get on into the building to help walk them past the ministries that are taking place, uh, folks like the King's Men who spend time out there on the public sidewalk trying to convince uh, these young women in particular that there's a better option than the abortion. They're living their faith, and they're trying to convince these young women that there are better options. At the very least, there are other options. So these volunteers, which is a 72-year-old guy, um, evidently, he was volunteering to help usher these young girls past them so they can hurry on up, get them on inside, so you can just keep murdering them there babies. Just got to keep them getting killed. Got to get the body count up. Moloch is not going to accept all of these sacrifices if you don't have the appropriate numbers the blessings from the Dark Lord will end if they don't keep getting those donations and contributions made. Got to keep them young girls coming on in there, killing them babies. Anyway, the guy's got a reputation for having quite the potty mouth. And according to the story, this guy got up in the face of the preteen kid. The man in question attempted to sue Hulk because of the incident. But that case was thrown out of federal court. Federal court. Philadelphia federal court. Not a bunch of left, uh, not a bunch of uh, conservatives sitting on the court there at the time. These were lefty activist judges, but they saw this and they dismissed it. That's according to Catholic News Agency, by the way. The alleged victim didn't even show up for uh, multiple hearings in the case while he pursued, <clears throat> excuse me, while he was pursuing his effort to go after Hulk. So everything seems to be uh, dismissed, gone over. No desire for the local DA to pursue criminal charges and no forward movement in civil charges. So, the assault wasn't much, and based on what transpired, according to the stories, and supposedly there is video of the incident. I say supposedly because the video is in the possession of the Planned Parenthood uh, clinic. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, you know, I tend to think that if this video showed that it was Hulk who was, in fact, the bad guy, I think this video would be plastered everywhere instead of being hidden by Planned Parenthood. And we don't want this out there. Why? But now there's an ongoing investigation. Uh, <clears throat> there were multiple times when ongoing investigation should have actually subpoenaed this video for the purposes of evaluating the case. Perhaps that's also part of why 
this 72-year-old guy just didn't show up for the hearings. Perhaps that's why multiple judges have dismissed this at multiple levels. Perhaps that's why the DA decided not to pursue charges. Just, just throwing that out there. He attempted to sue. The case got thrown out. And then all of a sudden, Merrick Garland, uh, well, presumably Merrick Garland, because under the circumstances of this case, you would think it would have required him or at least one of his top lieutenants, somebody high up, had to decide that the case was so egregious that they just simply had to, to show up with armed agents and take this very dangerous man into custody in a shock and awe scenario. But you see, even that doesn't make a whole lot of sense because for his part, Hulk's attorney, Peter Breen, works for Thomas More's Society, he said that they, would have, that they had actually voluntarily offered to chat with the authorities several months ago. The feds rejected that act of good faith and instead arrested him in a show of force. Hulk's attorney basically said point blank once there was a letter of intent to potentially uh, pursue charges at the federal level by the Department of Justice, they, they contacted the local uh, folks and said, hey, look, we just won a case on this exact same merit, so you really don't have standing. In fact, you have less standing now to pursue this because FACE probably no longer has any grounds to exist since the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, and there's no longer any federally protected right to an abortion. It's a state issue, so all federal laws in regards to it are in question at the very least. Not that FACE even applies here, because Hulk was not trying to stop somebody from going into the clinic. He was trying to defend his son. He was trying to protect his son from a belligerent, vulgar individual who has the reputation of not only being vulgar, but also picking on people that are lesser targets. He saw a kid and thought he found an easy target. And then flopped is basically the description that's been given by people that witnessed the event. Did come up, give him a shove back, and he just fell over. And evidently he popped right back up. So, you know, did, if he had laid there and acted like he was in tremendous pain or something and really played it up, maybe there would be some level of concern. It's like, oh, okay, that's terrible. Why are you pushing the 72-year-old guy around? But, you know, at the end of the day, I can't help but imagine if I had been somewhere in public trying to do something good, trying to, to live part of my faith, trying to minister to others, to at least evangelize to some point, and one of my daughters were preteen and happened to be there, and somebody started uh, yelling vulgarities and getting up in their face and getting way too close to them, I probably would have done 
something very similar. I would have used my words first, and if that wasn't backing it up, I would create some space between them and my child. I think most parents would. I think even a lot of lefties out there can understand that instinctual drive to protect your child. Somebody's just going to roll over, probably like the force was way more. Okay, whatever. Does any of this actually relegate itself to federal action at all? From every bit of information that I keep coming across, the answer is a clear-cut no. There is no reason for the Justice Department to have taken a realistic look at this case and decided to do anything any further than what the local and state authorities had already done. And what a federal court had already done, and that's toss this out, recognizing that there was nothing to this. Somebody at Planned Parenthood whispering in the ear and somebody in D.C., and there's a reason why it's somebody from D.C. that's running point on this for the feds. Because the local folks still are close enough to the people, to we the people, to understand that overstepping their constitutional authority is a recipe for disaster. The lawyer said, hey, look, you guys really don't have much grounds here, but if you're going to pursue the case anyway, let us know. Our client will present himself to you. So, point blank, there was no need for this show of force. It was unnecessary. It was not required. According to U.S. Attorney Jacqueline Romero, the FBI is committed to stopping assaults. And Hulk, Hulk must be stopped. Quoting here, assault is always a serious offense. And under the FACE Act, if the victim is targeted because of their association with a reproductive health care clinic, it is a federal crime. Our office and the Department of Justice are committed to prosecuting crimes which threaten the safety and rights of all individuals, except hold the phone. You're misrepresenting the FACE Act. If the victim is targeted because of their association with a reproductive health clinic, wrong. The FACE Act is very specific. If you are physically trying to bar someone from entering the clinic. That's the violation. You haven't broke the law by protecting your child from a belligerent volunteer that's supposedly working for the Planned Parenthood group. He didn't try to stop anybody from going in to the facility, not physically barring them from it. Their purpose there was to try to convince folks to pursue a different path, but they weren't trying to physically stop them from going in. And you, again, by the law, have to be physically trying to stop someone from going into the building. Otherwise, you're not breaking the law. So, wrong here. I'm sorry, U.S. Attorney Romero has got it wrong.
right off the bat. But they're trusting that you're going to be too stupid to know that. They're trusting that the average person that's going to be listening to Jacqueline is not going to know. Well, she's the U.S. attorney. Surely she knows what she's talking about. Why shouldn't we just believe that that's a federal crime? It is at best simple assault. In most jurisdictions across this country, it's a misdemeanor and normally won't be charged anyway if you weren't the individual that instigated it. And running your mouth in most uh, situations is considered instigating the bit. Now, granted, it's still a case where you really shouldn't be the one to take it to the level of physicality. But again, putting myself in that same situation, seeing this picture, seeing my child being belligerently, verbally assaulted, I'm probably going to intervene. And I'm probably going to take the steps necessary to protect my child. I think most people would. Perhaps if our 72-year-old vulgar volunteer wasn't quite so hot to attack a child, physicality would not have been uh, required. Certainly wouldn't have been instigated to, because it's not like Hulk has this terrible reputation for being combative, belligerent, and physical. In fact, quite the opposite. He's been doing this for 20 years, and this is the first known incident where anything that even resembled assault occurred? So whose word are you going to take in this case? There's a reason why the typically left-leaning judicial system that saw this to begin with tossed it out. There's a reason why. It's because it's... I about said something that uh, would make it difficult to play this uh, on the radio. So for the rebroadcast purposes, I'm going to edit myself right there. But I think you know what I was going to say. This is some world-class bovine excrement, boys and girls. And the U.S. attorney, Jacqueline Romero, is lying in this public statement because she knows damn well that this is not a violation of the VASE Act. She's just hoping you don't. Our office and the Department of Justice are committed to persecuting crimes that threaten the safety and rights of all individuals. Uh, well, are you committed to prosecuting the crime of the 72-year-old person verbally assaulting a minor child in public? I, I, I don't see you making that move. No, no, because that would go against Planned Parenthood. That would go against the desire to murder pre-born baby humans. That would go against the desire to allow due process to exist. That would go against the desire to target conservatives and to put those mouthy First Amendment, Second Amendment, Fourth Amendment loving Americans back in their place because we got to shut those fools down. That's the goal, right? That's that's where the Biden administration's been chugging all along. That's that bold reimagining that we were getting from the Obama administration that so far Biden's just been trying to go full steam ahead and uh, trying to go faster than they should to make up for their minor setback called the Trump administration. 
Again, whistleblowers with the DOJ would likely disagree with the assessment and claim made by the U.S. attorney. Instead, I'm, I think that they would probably think that the DOJ is focused on diverting resources to crack down on January 6th offenders and, and conjuring up cases of white supremacy and right-wing extremism in order to meet certain metrics. Why do I think that? Because that's what the whistleblowers have told us. That is the exact words used, certain internal metrics. We need you to create this idea of right-wing extremism Again, their definition of extremism is they once upon a time said something. They think Bill Maher is a right-wing extremist now just because he calls them out on their woke, woke bovine excrement. This case is being brought solely to intimidate people of faith and pro-life Americans, period. This man is targeted because he believes abortion is wrong. Because he has been vocal for 20 years, because he's had moderate success in convincing young women not to walk in that door at Planned Parenthood, because he has been successful at creating grassroots efforts that are now starting to branch out into multiple states so that he's now becoming not just a local well-known figure in the Philadelphia area, but a national figure. So now he's dangerous to the administration. Mark Hulk, or Hook, or whatever Mark's last name is, and Mark, I apologize if I'm just getting it so terribly wrong. Clearly, I mean no disrespect to you. Mark, by definition, based on what he's admitted to, based on what witnesses have said, he's innocent of the charges that are being brought against him if you're talking about the FACE Act. He may have been guilty of a simple assault. He seems to have admitted that much. But again, I'm going to point out, he did not institute this assault. He did not instigate this assault. And he was defending his child, which all of these things, in a very uh, self-defense, defense of my child mindset, I think that has a lot to do with why the local law enforcement and the federal court that already heard the case once as well kept tossing it out. There's a reason for that. Now, folks, Attorney Breen also asserts that based on prior court victories won by the Thomas More Society, a one-off altercation cannot be considered a violation of the FACE Act. This is literally... When I said earlier that his attorney called uh, in response to tell them that they would present their client if they decided to pursue it anyway, they literally had just won a court case at the federal level. The Thomas More Society won this case. 
point blank said that occasionally altercations occur between volunteers and activists that are trying to promote the ideas and virtue of protecting the lives of the unborn, of the pre-born. It cannot be considered a one-off altercation, especially if that altercation is based on somebody that's working for the clinic and not trying to prevent someone from entering. So, in short, the FBI chose to send armed agents to the home of a father of seven with zero prior incidences, even after he was willing to cooperate with authorities and that that cooperation had been made clear by his attorneys. Based on common sense and the fact that the Biden administration has worked to make abortion the number one issue of the upcoming midterms because they think they win on that, it isn't a conspiracy to wonder whether or not the FBI really has been politicized at this point, is it? You have to practically be a moron to, to not be working on the side of the political activism from the FBI to deny that that has occurred. That, oh, I'm just going to sit here. Now, I still believe the FBI is perfectly okay. I'm sitting here wondering myself now, is the FBI salvageable? Is there any way to legitimately salvage the FBI at this point? Now, don't get me wrong. I know that there are a ton of rank-and-file agents that are way off from the, the swampy, swamp D.C. offices that are just trying to do their jobs, and, and good for them. They should be, and thankfully they are. At the end of the day, what we still have is a circumstance, this ridiculous situation, or at the very least, everybody working in the D.C. area, everybody that's working in and around the swamp, they need to go. If you are showing up with this show of force to go after this guy in this fashion, knowing the details, knowing what has transpired, and you still pursued this apprehension in this fashion, then I, I I can't imagine that you can feel like that you're fit to wear the badge. That you're worthy of being entrusted with the responsibility of what the FBI is supposed to represent. You know, we talked recently about how Queen Elizabeth was a big deal because she was the living embodiment of service. The political left here and abroad, they hated her because they hate people believing that you can be the embodiment of a positive attribute. They don't like you believing that George Washington is the embodiment of liberty because they want you to focus on the fact that, oh, well, he owned slaves. So, you know, that, that just negates all of it. They don't want you believing that's possible because if you believe that's possible, then you might possibly think that you should be embodying something yourself, some value something 
of merit, something positive. It's time for the FBI to prove to the American people that it's not been tainted with impropriety. I don't think that's possible because I think it's pretty clear at this point they have been, at least in the D.C. offices. So if you can't prove that you haven't been tainted, then, then you need to prove that you're working on correcting it, that you're trying to get back to being a legitimate law enforcement agency. But I, I think it's maybe too late. I think you should, I think you should fire all these people. Let the good rank and file agents that are still working, the folks that are working in uh, field offices far away from the influence of the swamp, move them into a different agency and just shut it down. I, I, it's time to move to a post-FBI America. I don't think it's salvageable at this point. I don't see evidence. And I hate to say that. I do. But the thing now is, at least under the current administration, certainly looks like these folks have zero desire to prove to the American people anything other than the fact that they've got guns and badges and they have authority and we need to respect their authority. Said with a intention to remind you of Eric Cartman. Respect my authority. Uh, no. Your authority is granted to you by the consent of we the people. You, if you work for any part of a government, you work for us, not the other way around. The authority you have is based solely on our willingness to grant you that authority. And you took an oath. And therein lies part of the problem. What does an oath mean to these people anymore? What does an oath mean to uh, the average American now? Since there's zero desire with this administration and zero desire from the folks that are running the FBI at the top, the folks that are running the DOJ, who's nothing but yes men for the administration or for the Democratic Party, then it's time for the Republicans to regain power in Congress, to take over and to reestablish. They need to find their freaking backbones and they need to implement reforms. They need to reestablish their oversight. They need to fire the people responsible for leading the FBI away from truth and justice. And they need to work to ensure that the institution can be trusted again or they need to do away with it. And until that happens, cases like this man it's only going to serve as evidence that the DOJ is in fact enacting totalitarian edicts that they're actually hell-bent on arresting conservatives in order to silence political opposition not to be concerned about the implementation of law and order And I have spent almost an entire hour talking about this. I got other stories to get to. I guess we'll have to do that in hour number two. 
Uh, let's take the break and then sign out because ordinarily we do it about mid-hour. Obviously, that's not happening here. <laughs> Don't go anywhere, though. We'll do this. We'll hit a few ads. We'll do the fun thing, and uh, then we'll reset the hour. So stay where you're at. I'll be right back. Come on, man. All men and women created by gold. You know the you know the thing. You're a lion dog faced pony soldier. I got hairy legs. I was the first radio commentator who years ago declared that the government school system is the number one enemy working against our republic. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. What is taught or indoctrinated into one generation dictates the direction the nation takes in the next. For decades, millions of robotic leftist America, liberty, God, and family haters have been churned out by regressive leftist educators hell-bent on fundamentally transforming our great republic into a second-tier tyrannical nation. Now, groomers like Stacy DeCourcy, the principal at Excelsior Elementary School in Minnesota, is without parallel and without parental permission promoting a book entitled Jack, Not Jackie, which is about a toddler becoming transgender and cross-dressing. Principal DeCourcy claims the book is phenomenal and is being added to the school's media center. This one situation is an example of the utter hatred of children, a structured society, and God's specific design of humanity. The time has come for parents who truly love their children and all who appreciate our republic to unite as one to overcome transgender and all other efforts to permanently damage our nation beyond repair. We must also seek providential guidance and God's forgiveness for allowing such madness. I'm Ron Edwards. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition. My name's Joe Biden. Not a joke. Not a joke. And that wasn't hyperbole. I meant that. I'm not joking. No, I'm serious. This is not hyperbole. And I'm not being facetious. And I mean it. Not a joke. For real. Not a joke. I mean it. I'm being serious. I'm being serious. But all kidding aside, for real. No, I'm not joking. Not a joke. I mean it. I'm a joker. I'm a smoker. I'm a midnight joker. I sure don't want to hurt no one. I keep forgetting I'm president. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. From a blue state clan Taught to praise the little man Told that union saved the working class He was raised a red state son To love the flag and own a gun Warned about the greed within the mass They 
Met beneath the moonlit sky A college party drunk and high And when they had degrees They said their vows He couldn't say when He couldn't say how He couldn't say why She was different in his eyes You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. Hey, Joe. They say building back better make America great. If that's a wave of the future, all I've got to say. Stick your progress where the sun don't shine. Keep your big mess away from me and mine. If you leave us alone, well, we'd all be just fine. is in a crucial stage It's not because of foreign wars we wage It's more to do with the colors blue and red Too many laws and too much government Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread So many people trying to cross the border and Politicians build a new world order Many minds are convinced they should be led. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn you went. Taking your right to self-defense. They say you're safer, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn in the guns. Always ask for more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real help pay. I've gotta be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn Welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you, as always, I'm your ever-so-humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tapp, coming to you from historic Roan County, Tennessee. And this is the second hour 
of a live broadcast that occurred on September 27th of 2022, which is why if you're listening to the rebroadcast on Terrestrial Radio, uh, some of the topics may sound a little dated. Uh, this is the first time in a little better than a week that I have gotten back on the air uh, due to scheduling conflicts and family emergencies and all that usual gobbledygook. Uh, and uh, I explained that, of course, at the top of the first hour, and I've explained it again here. And I think that was part of why, once I got started talking about this story involving the FBI showing up in force at the home of this 20-year activist trying to save the lives of pre-born baby humans from the horrors of Planned Parenthood. They show up in force with between 15 and 20 armed agents who were simply following protocols to protect themselves, despite not needing to show up in force at all. Having already been contacted by the attorney or the individual, uh, having stated that we really don't think you have a case, but if you're going to pursue it anyway, just let us know and we'll present our client. We'll turn ourselves in. We'll, we'll be there. We'll cooperate. We've got no issue, no reason to fight you on this. Uh, of course, every reason to offer up a true defense. and and. Again, if I let myself, I would probably spend this entire second hour talking about it, too, because I'm so infuriated and the details are driving me nuts. I don't see how there's anybody left in the country that doesn't see this for what it is. But there are other things that are transpiring as well, and we need to talk about that, too. I had done my usual scheduling, figured within the confines of a two-hour program, I could talk about at least four topics, but I barely got in the Edwards notebook and an ad for constitutional ground copies. <laughs> and I had to sneak it in at the end, because I got carried away, and that's where I'm at. But I've got to tell you about some other stuff that I told you back in the first hour. So... If you are listening to the rebroadcast on Terrestrial Radio, you're hearing the second hour of a show uh, that aired the first hour yesterday. So if you miss that, then I'm going to invite you to come find the show and podcast. You can find Tap Into the Truth just about anywhere that you hear podcasts. Uh, you can find us on Amazon. You can find us on Stitcher, which seems to be actually really shot up in popularity recently. I've been promoting the Stitcher account a little more, and it seems to have really uh, done well. Evidently, a lot of folks in my uh, social media feed actually does the, uh, the Stitcher thing. If I'd known that, I'd been promoting it there all along, because that is one of the places where the show is monetized. Although, actually, Stitcher is one of the few places where you can find the show in both monetized format and a non-monetized format. So, I'm going to ask you to, to listen to the monetized version, uh, because then all you have to do is listen to a few ads, and you help to support the show, and it hasn't cost you anything. Anyway, uh, you can find the show there. 
obviously, and, and I'm going to invite you to do so just to go back and hear my little rant, if nothing else. Uh, presumably, you listen to the show enough as it is, but anyway, our, uh, our fearless dictatorial occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue has decided that they have a plan to, to save the world from hunger. See, the White House announced a plan this past Tuesday to end hunger. Literally saying they're going to end hunger through the expansion of welfare programs. Yes, that's right. Democratic administration thinks they're going to solve the world's problems by spending American taxpayer dollars. Isn't that so out of the ordinary? Anyway, in a press release that uh, noted that the United States had not ended food insecurity since President Richard Nixon held the White House Conference on Food, Nutrition, and Health all the way back in 1969. So on Wednesday, Joe Biden is slated to resurrect the event. Uh, that, of course, being the White House Conference on Food, Nutrition, and Health. Yeah, yeah, that's what he's going to do. Uh, quoting from the... White House announcement, there is no silver bullet to address these complex issues, and there is no overnight fix. Making progress requires collective, sustained action and mobilization across every segment of society. That is why President Biden announced a goal of ending hunger and increasing healthy eating and physical activity by 2030. So fewer Americans experience diet-related diseases while reducing related health disparities. Yeah, yeah, that's actually a quote. All of that was, I'm not making that, you know I'm quoting because I said President Biden. If I'm speaking for myself, he's lucky to get the barely there Beijing Biden uh, treatment. So, you know, that was quoted. That is why President Biden... Come on. First of all, why 2030? You're not... Even if through some ridiculous alternate reality hellscape scenario, uh, Biden manages to get a second term, 2030 is not going to be part of his uh, part of his regime. He's going to claim that he's making efforts to reach a target goal well beyond his administration. We all know that the only thing the government is good at is continuing to spend money. That's part of why they depend so heavily now on continuing resolutions instead of actually passing budgets. Which, by the way, I'm still calling on the American people to demand a government shutdown until they can actually pass a budget. We should no longer permit these fiscally irresponsible morons that we have sent to D.C. supposedly to conduct our business to continue to be 
so inept at their basic fundamental job responsibilities. I know I'm not the only one who feels that way. So come on, guys. Uh, say it with me. Let's send the emails, make the phone calls, bombard the offices of our elected officials and make it clear we no longer can set back and just allow these people to continue uh, abusing the system because that's what's happening here. These continuing resolutions it's just wasting U.S. taxpayer dollars with literally no actual accountability on the parts of these people that are doing it because they're not having to vote on a budget. They're not having to defend their budgets. And it's not like the Democratic administration wants to be confined by a budget anyway. They've made that pretty clear. I, I wish there were a lot of Republicans that were standing up to the notion of, well, you know, we need to stop this. Unfortunately, nope, they're on board too. They love spending the money. To, I We don't have any politicians left that don't like spending money. But anyway, let's circle back to this story. You see, among other initiatives, the White House intends to increase access to free school meals by expanding the summer electronic benefits transfer uh, that's the summer EBT program, and the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, SNAP. Basically, we're talking food stamps here, guys. Summertime food stamps for kids. They're uh, wanting to expand the eligibility, piloting medically tailored meals via Medicaid, and increasing Medicaid and Medicare beneficiaries' access to nutrition and obesity counseling. The plan also contains a push towards physical activity with the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, aka the CDC, planning to expand the state physical activity and nutrition program nationwide. Also, yay, uh, this is obviously going to help fight hunger. Quoting from Joe Biden in a video message now. Where's Bo? No, wait, I probably should give you the actual quote, although most of his quotes do sound an awful lot like that. Anyway, quoting now, too many families don't know where they're going to get their next meal. Hey, Joe, if you were worried about that, why didn't you do a better job with your uh, economic policies? Because the reason why too many families don't know where their next meal's coming from right now is because you're destroying our economy, Joe. You attacked energy costs, which started our current inflationary cycle. And then... You went on the most ridiculous spending spree, quite possibly, in American history, which exacerbated the starting of inflation into full-blown Bidenflation. Then you got all your little stickers and memes that uh, show you pointing at gas prices on um, gas pumps across America saying, I did that, and you get mad about it, but guess what, Joe? You did do that. 
too many families don't know where they're going to get their next meal because you are incompetent at doing the people's business. And I'm going to claim that you're incompetent because I don't think you have enough mental capacity to be malice about this. I think that you have spent your last 50 years just being horribly, horribly wrong. I think you're part of the Democratic Party before the current grouping decided they just had to tear down the whole thing so they could rebuild it into the socialist utopia they want. I don't think you're that guy. So I'm going to assume in your case it's just total, utter, ridiculous incompetence because you're just wrong. Because you bought into the same hogwash that the Democratic Party has bought into for the past 50 years. I'm so tired of trickle-down economics. Then why are you practicing it, Joe? Because right now, the best we can hope for is some trickle-down of the economy. If you're mad about trickle-down economics, the solution isn't to stop the drip. God, Joe. I wish I could have some respect for you, but, but I just can't. I wish I could... Feel some sympathy for your current mental state, but I can't. It's called karma. And karma comes for everyone, and now that it's coming for you, it looks horrible. And you're still making things worse, Joe. I, and I don't... I don't know how you're compatriots don't know. You know, I, I've said a multitude of occasions that I really, really prefer to assign incompetence and ignorance over actual malice. But there comes a point where you see how terrible things are going and you change course if it's incompetence. You recognize you made a mistake and while you, because it's politics, you don't admit that there was a mistake. You just claim the, that you're trying a different series of uh, supplemental things to go along with the previous policies to try to get a better handle on things. You know, all the usual political double speech, but actually you change course and you fix what you've been doing wrong. If it's just incompetence. If there isn't any malice. So I'm at the point now where I think malice is probably the case. <sighs> Too many families don't know where their next meal's coming from. You're right, Joe. And that's all on you and your administration. He continued, though, there are too many empty chairs around the kitchen table because a loved one was taken by heart disease, diabetes, or other diet-oriented diseases, which are some of the leading causes of death in our country, and the toll of these diseases is not distributed equally. It's higher in certain racial and ethnic groups. So, yes, yes, Joe, even heart disease is racist. So the, the terrible truth here is that there are certain ethnic groups that are more susceptible to certain diet-related diseases. 
strangest way I've heard it put before, but I suppose there are diseases that the diet does have a direct effect on. There are folks, certain ethnic groups, certain certain individuals that if you're part of a certain group, that you are more susceptible to certain things. That much is true. But it doesn't change the fact that things that trigger heart disease, the things that trigger diabetes, the things that trigger high blood pressure, they're consistent across the board regardless of what race you are. So instead of making this an equity issue, how about you just make it a health issue and, I don't know, try changing course and being the guy you promised you'd be and unite folks. Because guess what? know a lot of white folks and a lot of black folks that can agree with one another that heart disease and cancer and diabetes, they suck. And it seems like in a country as wealthy as ours can be, that um, we should be able to uh, help each other live a higher quality of life. I think we can agree on that. We don't even have to like each other to agree that yeah, I think that's the case. But you have to put the dig in, don't you? You have to try to make it about race, racial identity, and gender identity, and whatever other type of ridiculous ideological bullcrap that you want to add to the table because you just wouldn't be a Democrat without your ridiculous talking points, would you? Here's some stuff that Joe Biden's ignoring, however. See, the price levels between August of 2021 and August of 2022, well, they rose by 8.3%. This is according to data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. With prices for food having increased by 11.4% over that same time period. The cost of food at home? a category that includes grocery store or supermarket food purchases, well, that rose 0.7% from the previous month. You know, because that's the way Joe wants to look at it. He wants to go month by month because the number is always much smaller that way. Even though before Joe Biden started doing this, it had never been measured this way. Because... Statistically speaking, the numbers month to month should always be so small that they could be considered to be insignificant. They should always be that small because if you have that kind of month to month increase in inflation, then you have a ridiculously out of control situation where your economy is already doomed. We're not that far off yet. But that's not as far down the road as I would like to say. At any rate, according to a report from Bank of America, roughly 71% of Americans, quote, feel the cost of living is outpacing growth in their salary or wages. That's important. Because Joe Biden's been bragging about all the raises everybody's been getting. Joe Biden's been bragging about the fact that well, they've created a lot of good-paying jobs, a lot of union jobs. 
except those raises are insignificant because when it comes to true wages, his inflation is outpacing it to the point that even if you are technically bringing home more dollars at the end of the day, your purchasing power has been diminished significantly. And we're feeling it. I, I mentioned back in the first hour, I was sharing this particular news story on social media. I'd like to take this opportunity to invite everybody to uh, join the Tap into the Truth community over at Locals.com, by the way. Because I share some things there that I do not share on the, on the other social media sites. And I think it'll be worth your time. Come join it. Just become a free member if that's all you want to do. You, if you want to be a supporter, okay, you can sign up to, to be a supporter and and that's fine. Uh, when I have some paid supporters, I'll start doing more content that is exclusive for the supporters. Right now, I don't have any paid supporters over at Locals. In fact, I only have one uh, free member of the community. I'm happy to have you, by the way. and want more of you to come join. Uh, the community has existed for a little while now, and folks just aren't going over there. <coughs> Excuse me. Anyway, well, let's let's get over there and sign up, guys. So, Bank of Amer Bank of America is acknowledging, but they're also saying it in a way that, well, you know, it's not necessarily true. It's just how you feel. Bank of America is acknowledging this fact without actually acknowledging the fact. But that conversation I had, uh, well, it wasn't really so much a conversation. One comment uh, from one of the folks that I know, know, went to school with, is that uh, they can't believe that it's only 11.4%. That they're spending way more than that on food. And it's like, well, you know, when you take into effect uh, when you take into account that not all food items have had the same increases that some of the staples have, that it averages back down, and also that you're looking at August of 2021 to August of 2022, where a lot of the current inflation had actually already been underway. And in food, we'd already seen price jumps that simply would not be included in this increase. And that if you went all the way back to day one of the operation pee pads and knee pads, that uh, that percentage would be much higher and much closer to what uh, she had said it felt like it was. So I acknowledged her. I explained and I said, actually, you're right. If you're looking all the way back to day one of the Biden administration, it is closer to the percentage you said. And you have to look at the fact that it's still typically year to year uh, that these numbers are reported. <clears throat> but despite all this stuff, you, you got Biden having signed multiple federal stimulus packages during his tenure, including these $740 billion so-called Inflation Reduction Act, the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan, which economists argue have contributed to inflationary pressures and low labor market participation. 
you know why economists have argued that because it's the truth it's the way economy works it's basic economics it's not complicated economic theory it's not econ uh, 201 or 301 it's it's economics 101 it's general business at high school this is how the economy works, boys and girls. And the Democrats know this. The announcements of the expanded federal hunger initiatives well, comes just days after Biden unveiled the Cancer Moonshot Initiative with the intent of creating a cancer research and care system that most people think we've already have, but don't realize until they already have cancer, we don't. That's a quote, by the way. Now, the announcement, of course, came exactly 60 years after JFK's historic vow to land astronauts on the moon, hence the phrasing cancer moonshot. However, the Biden Cancer Initiative, a charity launched by the Biden family all the way back in 2017, let's raise nearly $5 million and spent more than $3 million on staff salaries during its first two years. This according to a report from the New York Post. The group spent $56,738 on conferences, and $59,356 on travel during the first year. Those figures swelled to $742,953 and $97,109 in the second year. And I happen to have wrote an article about that as well. If you like, I could probably put a link to that in the show description. I guess I probably should. It's an older article, but it does talk about it. But here's the thing. As we, once again, are in danger of me blowing right past the midway point to take that uh, mid-hour break, because we're right at the mid-hour point right now. There are two primary driving forces of the current inflationary cycle we find ourselves in. Number one is energy costs. And number two is governmental spending, both of which are a direct result of Biden administration policies. It's all on you, Joe. Granted, it's actually more on the people that put the stuff in front of you for you to sign and give a pretty little teleprompter speech about. But it is on you. You are the person's name that's assigned to the executive orders where you've taken this action, where you killed uh, our energy policy, where you've destroyed our energy independence and have continued to spend American taxpayer dollars like you have a no credit uh, limit credit card. You just running it up and running it up. And why should you worry about it? Somebody else is going to have to pay for it. Right, Joe? You can't solve the current economic crisis 
by continuing to blow out the economy. If you keep blowing out the spending, you're only going to make the inflation worse. And you cannot. There is no amount of taxation that you can put on the American people that will ever raise enough money to end poverty in this country by trying to put government as the solution. There's not enough dollars in the world because every time you spend more, you make it worse. And you make more people poor. If you want people to be able to not be worried about where their next meal is coming from, you need to help them to be able to take care of themselves. You need to improve the economy and you need to improve the ability of individuals to earn more. You help them earn more through a growing economy where inflation is not a concern. That means less government spending, less government intervention. Your solution to spend more money is actually the problem. Wake up, Joe. Wake up. Let's take that mid-hour break just a minute late, and then I'll try to decide how many of these stories I had scheduled that we'll be able to sneak in. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. So, Biden says MAGA Republicans are filled with rage and hate. Either Uncle Joe is just a dark, evil sort, or he don't know none and got that mixed up. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, being brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee, Uncle Joe Biden threatened parents recently by reminding us that the government has bigger guns. His recent red, black, and white backdrop for an unreal American speech was like a cross between a demented Darth Vader and a whacked-out Hitler. The real hater, Uncle Joe, declared U.S. sovereigns who simply desire to live in a nation governed by the principles enumerated in the Constitution and Federalist Papers. Heck, at this point, I would accept the Magna Carta. To brand good parents who desire to train up their children in the way that they should go so that when they're older they do not depart, to want to protect children from the ever-growing boldness of pedophilia practitioners is not hate, Uncle Joe. To want secure borders to protect our republic from being overrun by the teeming brutish hordes of illegal border crossers is not evil. Besides, we allow 1.5 million legal immigrants into the USA annually. To want a land of liberty, which means freedom with responsibility, is not hate. Oh no, Uncle Joe, but it is you and your ilk who hate those of us unwilling to live under your boot heel of oppression. I'm Ron Edwards. Sponsored by the Tri-County Liberty Coalition.
don't take my definitely don't take their word for it be prepared to put in some effort and most importantly use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth hey joe Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Walk to 18. Let me eat a bill bar. Let me eat a bill bar. Let me eat a bill bar. right ladies and gentlemen we're watching the world wake up from history and right now we're looking at some pretty dark history uh you heard the ad for built bar there will be a link in the show description that will take you to built.com uh the reason why i'd rather you use that particular link is well they'll know i sent you i'll get credit for connecting you with them and it will help to support the show 
you, of course, can just go to Built.com and see everything they've got going on. And, uh, uh, you know, you'll still have a great product and it'll be really awesome. And, you know, you can't go wrong. Uh, Built is absolutely fantastic. Not just the Built Bars, but the collagen and the broths and the Boost. Uh, all these great things that they've got going on for you. So I highly recommend you check them out and, and get some stuff from them. That'll be good for you. But I really would appreciate it if you'd use that link in the show description. Or if you're listening on Terrestrial Radio, come visit me at tapintothetruth.com. Uh, once you land on that homepage, scroll down past recent guests and uh, you know click on one of these built banners. Uh, that'll work just the same. It'll let them know that I sent you. It really will help support the show and i would appreciate that uh also like to take the opportunity to remind you that if you are one of these folks that is ready to stand up and make your feelings clear whether you support the second amendment or whether you're just a proud american or maybe you are a uh, trump supporter loud and proud and strong there is one place one really super cool, awesome place to go get your t-shirts, your jackets, your hoodies, your shot glasses, your coffee mugs, uh, a wide variety of just really great products that really sends the message that you are America first, and that is Patriot Depot. Uh, there will be a link in the show description that will take you to Patriot Depot, and we'll let them know, like with the previous aforementioned built bars, let you know that I sent you. And again, that just means you get really great products. They get a really great customer. That's you, by the way. And uh, I get a little bit of credit for getting the two of you together. And that helps the show. So come on, man. If it's something you're going to get anyway, why not help me out? <laughs> why not help me out? I mean, uh, like a lot of you, uh, I could use the help right now. Also want to remind you, before we get into the final stories of the day, if you happen to be running a small business and you need to expand, or if you're looking to start a business, you got a really great uh, thing. The economy is terrible right now. And a lot of people would think that that's a terrible, terrible time to try to, to, to start a business or to try to grow one. But in truth, this is the best time to establish your share of the market share. Because a lot of your competitors are going to be struggling in ways that you won't necessarily have to. But here's the problem. With the economy where it is right now, a lot of your best your best options, yeah, that's the word I'm looking for, a lot of your best options for you to grow the business, to get investments, they're off the table right now. So crowdfunding actually is a very good solution. And I would recommend you check out Start Engine. Uh, I, they are the number one startup site out there, period, for crowdfunding. They have a new strategic partnership exclusively with Indiegogo. So you have options now that if you sign up with Start Engine, uh, you can do your uh, startups there. You can do a few rounds, and then you can do other rounds of fundraising through Indiegogo, uh, all part of the same sign-up. Uh, so you can continue to raise funds even outside of your normal round. So just all I'm saying is check them out. There's a link in today's show description. 
that will, uh, again, let them know that I sent you. And I definitely think that you should check them out if you are in that situation. If you find yourself where you're needing investment, the crowdfunding rate may be the solution to the problem you're looking for. Maybe the solution you are looking for, check it out. That's all I'm saying. I'm not trying to do a hard sell. I'm just saying go check it out for yourself. And I really would appreciate it if you use the link in the show description. Or again, come visit me at tapintothetruth.com. That's T-A-P-P into the truth.com. And, uh, you know, just kind of go over to friends. Uh, it's the sponsors and friends of the show page. And there will be a link that you can click there. Uh, it's the same one. And again, just let them know that I sent you. And I would appreciate it. I, that's really, that's all I can say. I, I would appreciate it. All right, guys, what do you say we uh, do this end run? We've only got a little bit of time left. And uh, that leaves me in a situation where I have these three different stories I wanted to talk about. One, of course, is the fact that there's a lawsuit that has uh, been moved forward in regards to the student loan debt forgiveness. I don't think I'm going to have time to uh, get to that one. So I'm going to throw that out there, make sure that you're aware. And that is a story that we probably will revisit because something tells me that as this moves forward in the courts, there will be more to talk about. There's also the story of a Spanish governmental official that uh, was making the claims that children can love or have sexual relations with whomever they want. Now, this, of course, is one of those culture war outrages, would have been the outrage of the week under the previous much older format of the show. This member of the Spanish government recently caught the attention of the international community after she made controversial statements regarding children and sexual consent. We're talking about Irene Montero, a 34-year-old minister of equity in Spain. Now, the fact that Spain now has a minister of equity really tells you all you need to know about how bad things have gotten. However... You really legitimately have this individual speaking at a legislative meeting saying, quote, all girls, boys, uh, children X, children X, she literally said that, in a country have the right to know their own body, to know that no adult can touch their body if they don't want to, and that is a form of violence. They have the right to know that they can love or have sexual relations with whomever they want based on consent. You see, that's the part that becomes problematic, isn't it? See, you want to teach kids that they've got the right to say no, okay, I don't think you're going to have too many arguments there. But then when you follow that up with, they also have the right to do whatever they want. Suddenly I hear Eric Cartman again in the back of my mind. Whatever, whatever, I do what I want. Okay, no, 
Eric. That that is not how this game is played. This is horrific. But what makes it horrific isn't the fact that this lefty loon, this minister of equity, said this ridiculous here, we're trying to help normalize pedophilia statement. What's horrific is the fact that this she's far from an outlier. This is standard par for the course activity among a lot of elected lefties out there. Even here in the United States. We've seen it. We've heard it. It's too much. She's just the latest uh, individual to be caught on a live mic, but she said it at a legislative meeting, which means she is doing the yeoman's work of trying to help normalize the whole concept across the board. And... And most broadcasts, I would let that be the final story. But there was some good news. And I wanted to leave you with some good news. You see, the nice U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals has blocked California's ban on private prisons and for-profit immigration detention centers after a panel of judges ruled against it last year. See, the panel of 11 judges and uh, these 11 judges, they said that the federal law, Specifically, the Supremacy Clause of the U.S. Constitution supersedes the state's measure. The Supremacy Clause, one that I'm not particularly fond of, by the way, better known as Article 6, Paragraph 2 of the Constitution, see, it holds that the U.S. Constitution and federal legislation takes priority over the laws of states. Now, I tend to interpret the Constitution, particularly the Tenth Amendment, as meaning that the federal government has supremacy in regards to the topics of the enumerated powers that the federal government has. And that for anything other than those enumerated powers of the federal government, there is no federal supremacy. The states have supremacy in those situations. But that was not the ruling in this case. Uh, quoting from the uh, decision here, it says, quote, the Constitution, I'm sorry, it says, this Constitution and the laws of the United States, which shall be made in pursuant thereof, and all treaties made, or which shall be made under the authority of the United States, shall be the supreme law of the land. And the judges in every state shall be bound thereby. Anything in the Constitution or laws of any state to the contrary, notwithstanding. Now, this is actually directly from the Constitution itself. The uh, Circuit Judge Jacqueline uh, Nguyen wrote the opinion for the majority, saying, quote, The in Blanc court held that AB 32 would breach the core promise of the supremacy clause. To comply with California law, ICE would have to cease its ongoing immigration detention operations in California and adopt an entirely new approach in the state. 
This foundational limit on state power cannot be squared with the dramatic changes that AB 32 would require ICE to make. The state was sued by the federal government and the federal contractor, which asked that the law's execution be blocked by injunction. A district court refused. Last year, three judges on the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals decided that the measure was in conflict with the powers of the federal government. AB 32 cannot stand because it conflicts with the federal power and discretion given to the Secretary of Homeland Security, in this particular case, and in an area that remains the exclusive realm of the federal government. And it bars that Secretary from doing what federal immigration law explicitly permits him or her to do. That was written by Judge Kenneth Lee. Now, California's Attorney General, Rob Bonta, then asked that the larger panel review the ruling. This according to the Politico. And this week, the higher court got rid of the lower court's rulings, refusing an injunction and returning it to be reviewed. So the 2019 law, Assembly Bill 32, would not have allowed the Department of Corrections and Rehabilitations to incarcerate anyone in a private, for-profit prison facility after January 6th of 2028. Governor Gavin Newsom had signed the law back in 2019, and it was originally sponsored by none other than Rob Bonta, before having become the California Attorney General. He was just part of the California Assembly then. Bonta's office, of course, said that it's looking over the ruling, but is, quote, deeply disappointed by it. Uh, the measure was enacted to protect the health and welfare of Californians and recognized that the federal government's own documented concerns with for-profit private prisons and detention facilities. Look, I, here's the thing, as we are quickly running out of time. I don't like the necessity of for-profit prisons and for-profit dissension centers, but what I do appreciate is the fact that the private sector can do these things way more efficiently and way more effectively. Does there still need to be oversight? Do you need to make sure that individual corruption isn't coming into play to turn these things into something that they're never intended to be? Yes. Yes, they do. They have all the same failings as the state-run or federally run prisons and detention centers would have. Just with the added bonus uh, incentive of possibly making a profit. But at the end of the day, in this particular instance, the supremacy clause does apply because immigration is something that is part of the enumerated powers. Immigration is something the federal government is supposed to be stepping up and taking care of, and that they constantly try to remind the states that they have no authority to do. Again, I will reiterate that the Supremacy Clause is often overused in situations that it should not apply, and should not be applied to, should never have been mentioned in. This particular instance, it would apply because of the connection to immigration. 
Ultimately, California wants to create itself as a bastion of leftist utopia thinking. They want to be the poster child of how they think the Tenth Amendment should play out. And the idea that they simply do not have to comply with the federal government. And there's plenty of occasions where not only do they not have to, but they shouldn't. But again, when it comes down to something that falls within the enumerated powers granted to the federal government, in those cases, the states should, in fact, follow the federal law. Even on those occasions when the federal law is, well, it's not correct. When bad laws have been written, when bad policy has been enacted, when the consequences of an election are in play, when good men and women need to work hard to undo the damage of the consequences of an election, that still needs to be in the hands of the people. It needs to be done at a level that makes sense. Ultimately, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, in its full body, established the fact that they see the federal government's supremacy on this matter. Now, I said this was a bit of good news. And for those of you that uh, own stock <laughs> in uh, for-profit prisons and uh, incarceration facilities, uh, then maybe that's very good news directly to you. But the good news isn't that now suddenly uh, the federal court has come down on the side of the for-profits. The good news is that once again, California is being reminded that they are part of the union and that the Constitution of the United States does still matter. That they cannot just, on a whim, decide which laws they want to follow and which ones they don't have to. The good news is that, once again, the Constitution appears to have reemerged in the state of California. And even though it's a small victory, it's still a victory and it's one that we should take at least a moment to celebrate. Keeping in mind that uh, the war for liberty to reestablish our federal constitution it's not over. It's just a small little victory in that battle. That's going to have to be it for tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so very much for being here. I didn't get to do the sign-off back in the first hour. So, uh, again, I'm grateful that you're here for this second hour. Thank you so very much. And remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort and put in this effort because it's necessary, really necessary, because you're not going to just have the information handed to you. You're going to have to put in some effort if you really want to tap into the truth. Um, fully plan on being back for Thursday, so tune in the, uh, then for Friday if you're listening on Terrestrial Radio. And start looking for the podcast on Thursday. Happy to have you here. Glad to be back. Thanks, guys. And uh, I'm out.
Not a joke. Not a joke. And that wasn't hyperbole. I meant that. I'm not joking. No, I'm serious. This is not hyperbole. And I'm not being facetious. And I mean it. Not a joke. For real. Not a joke. I mean it. I'm being serious. I'm being serious. But all kidding aside, for real. No, I'm not joking. Not a joke. I mean it. I really mean it. I mean this. I'm not being solicitous. Not a joke.